Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. As many of us know, using hotkeys can make work a lot more efficient and easy when you're using Windows and Windows applications. And today we'll be talking about how you can take those skills to the next level and make the use of hotkeys even a more powerful tool. We'll speak with Dean Martineau about his new book entitled Windows Keyboard Power User Guide. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Dean Martineau. Keep learning about the computer. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to explore different ways of doing things. Um, You may find there are better ways to get things done than what you know, and you may find that when you use those ways, some of the frustrations that you may have with the computer will will go away. I mean, like, if you don't know with the screen readers how to use the different quick navigation keys to get around the web, you can find the web just horribly daunting because it's just so much words and so much stuff that you don't care about. But if you know how to do it, it's still sometimes that way, but not not as often. Then you can actually get done what you want to get done. And as we'll be hearing later in the show, this book provides some good tips and resources for being more productive with tasks you might be performing on the web or within documents or within Windows itself. That's the goal. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by... The Hadley Institute for the Blind and Visually Impaired, offering the 2019 New Venture Business Competition to help blind entrepreneurs turn their ideas into actual startups. More information and submission criteria are at www.hadley.edu slash nvc. And if you'd like to find out more about having an audio promotional item for your organization or service appear in the show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Let's start by meeting Dean and learning about how he became so knowledgeable about technology and especially adaptive technology. Dean, you've been on the show once before, but for our listeners who haven't heard you, maybe you can reintroduce yourself. Well, I'm Dean Martineau. Um, What do I say about myself? 66 years old, but not really retiring because I don't have a reason to. My health is fine. I need money. I uh, enjoy a variety of things in technology. I enjoy putting out uh, top tech tidbits for Thursday, which I've been doing since the end of 2004. And uh, we've now, it'll be farther along when you all hear it. But as we record this, I'm uh, cranking out issue number 703. I have to say I'm slightly proud of that because there are obviously some big giants in technology that have carried on for years and years, but the awful lot of things have come and gone since I started this, and it's still going. So I, I really enjoy that, and I know that pe- there are a lot of people that like it, and I enjoy doing it. It's a resource for me as well as for everybody else, and I'm, kind of, I'm enjoying doing this book that I'm uh, 
I got the idea of. It's it's an adventure. It's an experiment. Hopefully, it's a service. So just as background for our listeners, you are totally blind and have been since you were young, right? Uh, birth. And we'll be talking more about your book later on, but tell us a little bit more about your background. As I remember, you used to be an attorney. Is that right? Well, I have a law degree. I never practiced law. I didn't really investigate very thoroughly the ramifications of what I was going to do with this law degree. Uh, as it turns out, it had a lot of benefits for my life. I did use it in terms of uh, I did some mediation training. I did some paid guardian ad litem work. So I did use it, uh, but I never was an attorney. I went to public school, took French in ninth grade, and when they, when they introduced regular verbs, I said, oh, I get this. This is easy. And so from then on, I was really into, into learning French. And so, of course, what does one do if one is really into learning French and one doesn't really have many other ideas? One is going to become a, a language teacher. Didn't student teach until the last quarter? Didn't enjoy student teaching? So anyway, that was out. But it's okay because I had an education degree. It got me into social service jobs. Back in the day, some of you were around then, you know about this thing called CETA that used to exist. I think it was pretty darn easy to get a CETA job. In fact, I went from being an unemployed blind person to being an employment specialist for the handicapped. Isn't that wonderful? All in one day. Well, that works out with your interest in technology. and Well, yeah. Then I ended up, I started gradually concentrating on my interest in technology. Actually, law school helped with that. I um, got some technology when I went to law school. That was really nice. Got a Braille and Speak got a you know a braille embosser, started doing more teaching. Then I ended up working in this contract position that I have been working at since 1999, traveling around the country, going to different social security offices and teaching their blind employees how to use their computer systems. Uh, so that's in a nutshell, that's what I've been doing. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, success. This week's focus topic is Dean's new book, Windows Keyboard Power User Guide. So anyway, before we start talking about your new book, about keyboard shortcuts for Windows, tell us a little bit about top tech tidbits for people who may not know about that, because we found that a very useful resource over the years. Well, it's a little thing you get in your email every week. I'm a very concise person. I like you know, fewer words rather than more words. So you'll have somewhere between 10 and 30, usually around 15, little items. And they'll consist of one or two sentences and a link. And if you want to find out about it, you follow the link. Um, and if you don't, you skip it. It doesn't, it didn't take you that long to read it. So new podcasts that are out, I almost always mention eyes on success. Don't always, but almost always. Other podcasts I, I mention, if somebody sends me something that they want me to include, I almost always include it. It has to be practical. We go through phases of hearing about so-and-so has invented a new Braille technology. Okay, good. When it ever becomes available, I'll mention it in tidbits. So sometimes when new equipment comes out and, and everybody's they're selling some new equipment, I won't mention it until 
they've got a website or a podcast about it. And at least that's something people can follow. But just knowing that so-and-so company is going to release a wonderful new product in June, uh, I don't care. It has to be practical. There is sometimes a lot of hype about new technologies and new ways of doing things before it becomes actually a workable product or application. And it's nice that someone is doing the vetting on that information and giving us this in a nice, concise form so we can find out more and keep track of new technologies. And I'll tell the companies that, you know, can we make, can we announce this stuff in your newsletter? I said, yes, but it has to be news. I'm not your promotional representative. And, I'm, you know, there's a difference between news and promotion. Well, it is a very useful service for lots of people these days, and I appreciate you doing that work, as do many other visually impaired folks. Yeah, it's 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 gratifying to know that it it's not a you know gigantic life service like a lot of people do, but it, it is a little service that that I think people benefit from. Anyway, today we wanted to mostly focus on your new book, which we hope many people will find useful. Can you tell people first the title of the book? Uh, the title of the book is the Windows Keyboard Power User Guide. And what is the purpose of the book? Well, that's a multifaceted question. Uh, part of the purpose of the book is for me to make some money, and part of the purpose of the book is for me to see if I want to do this and see if other people want to buy things. That's one level of the purpose. One of the things I don't know, and I'm going to be finding out, is has, is there still a need for computer books of any sort. Uh, I think there probably is a, a use for it. I think some people will will enjoy it. What drove it, I, I thought about doing a couple of different things, and I may come back and do some of those things later, and I'm always open to ideas of what you think you might buy for a reasonable price. But I decided that this is like totally out of the blue. Nobody's ever thought of this before that I've ever seen, of a, of a Windows keyboard power user it's not going to teach you Windows. It's not going to teach you JAWS. It's not going to teach you Word. However, it's going to teach you a lot about Windows, JAWS, and Word, and it's going to make you a much more effective user of all three of those programs. Does that mean you're planning to skip over some of the simpler commands like Control-P for printing? Yes. You'll assume all of that is known already and just go on to more advanced features. Some things I'm assuming and some things like I'll say a sentence and mention it or something, but you know, it's not it's not covering every single Windows keystroke or every single word keystroke. Actually, what I think motivated it and we'll see if it's misguided or not, I'm on a bit of a campaign to turn people away from alt tab. Many of us that's what we learned how to get around our computers and then now when we have 10 or 15 programs open and we'll sit there and hit Alt-Tab you know, 11 times in order to switch to some other program. There are several other ways to navigate that make that process a whole lot more efficient. So that's a lot of the, a lot, not all, but a lot of the Windows section of the book. How to launch programs and switch to programs a whole lot more efficiently than we're in the habit of doing. And then there's some, I cover some other Windows keystrokes too. The JAWS section of the book gets into the keyboard manager, how to make use of that, because some of the JAWS keystroke assignments really frustrate me. And as I, as I say in the book, I'm giving you my ideas of things that you might want to change. You may adopt none of these ideas, but the techniques I show you will allow you to make your own decisions and maybe make alterations that mean something to you. 
So this book is basically for people who are familiar with Windows and familiar with using a screen reader and the basic keyboard commands, but they want to perhaps make their work a bit more efficient and productive and do things in a customized way that's more styled to their work process. Yes, and I think some beginners, some newbies could benefit from it. It depends on you. If you're scared, no, probably not. But if you're like willing to kind of jump in and, and listen and learn, I think that you can. But yeah, it's more for, for the experienced users who, who've had some training or have figured some things out. And I kind of make a challenge. I say that I'll be surprised if even if you're an advanced user, everybody will learn something. And I'll be interested to find out if I'm wrong on that, if somebody tells me, nope, I already knew all that. You know, I think in some sense what you're saying is there is more than one way to skin a cat. If I look at many of these programs and applications and certainly all these hotkeys in Windows, there are multiple ways of performing tasks and functions. And it's a question of which ones you're most comfortable with and which ones work best for you. And just knowing about some of the options can be very helpful and change how you do things. That's what I'm hoping. Normally, we don't discuss prices on the show, but in this case, the pricing of the book was part of the philosophy of writing the book in the first place. It was always a, uh, a value of mine that these things be affordable. Uh, I got into recording the instructional materials in the 90s as a result of another person who was creating material that cost anywhere from $50 to $125 for tutorials. Now, I'm not saying his work wasn't worth it. I'm not saying he shouldn't charge it. Uh, that's cool. But uh, what I want to do is I want to reach the people who aren't going to pay those sums of money for any number of reasons. And so that's a value. I'm, As we speak, I haven't 100% decided the price of this thing, but I'm pretty sure it's about a three and a half to four hour audio production. We have to talk about the two formats that I'm doing also, because I'm, I'm trying to do two different formats of the book. So I have settled because it's not that long and it is new and certain aspects of it may not be perfect. We're talking about $15 for one format. And if you decide you want both formats, it's $25. Great. So you're making this accessible in more ways than one. Right. I really want people to be, I mean, you know, it's, I'm not going to do it for nothing, but I, I really want people to be able to get it. It's, it's, it's just not reasonable to expect people I mean, a lot of the blind communities on fixed incomes. Obviously, anybody that I'm talking to, they've got a computer, they've got some equipment, they've got it from somewhere, but uh, that doesn't still mean they have a whole lot of money. You know, when I think of using hotkeys in Windows and with screen readers, it brings me back to my early days and experiences with Windows. When I started to learn Windows, I saw this book that was available called windows from the keyboard and i thought this is great someone wrote something that blind people can use because they mostly use the keyboard they don't use a mouse turned out the book was written for sighted people who were working with laptops on airplanes and at the time they used those little <laughs> thumb directors to move around the oh, mouse yeah. and so you know these hotkeys are also useful for sighted folks and it can make their work more productive also. In fact, power users who are sighted are often relying on hotkeys and shortcuts. In fact, when Pete was done memorizing everything in that book, 
I took the book and I proceeded to memorize most of it. And even though I'm fully sighted and I can use a mouse and I can use a touchpad, I find that a lot of these Windows keyboard shortcuts just make life so much more efficient. I think you're going to find that most of the competent sighted users out there do rely extensively on the keyboard. They don't just, you know, roll the mouse around. They, they Obviously, you do both, but they know how to use the keyboard. It is a lot more efficient. Can you give us a specific example of some topic in the book that will illustrate to people the power of some of these methods? Well, as I say, I'm, I, I'm on kind of an anti-alt-tab campaign. That doesn't mean you never use alt-tab, but Nowadays, with computers the way they are and, and users the way we are, you can have 10 or 15 programs open at a time. Maybe not that many always, but maybe sometimes. And all of a sudden, you want to get back to some program, and you have to hit Alt-Tab, you know, seven, eight, ten times. That could be very inefficient. Very inefficient. Sighted people, whatever they're doing with their mouse, they're not doing that. They're glancing at the taskbar, seeing what they want, and clicking on it. And we can do exactly the same thing if our memory, if our mind allows us to do it. We can do that very thing by just implementing uh, some techniques with the taskbar, uh, organizing your taskbar so that you know where things are on it, learn what number things are on the taskbar. And with that, you can switch to or launch just about the vast majority of what you use in a given computing session with one or maybe two or three keystrokes. And it's purposeful. It's not, you know, kind of meandering. So that's part of it. How about another example of hotkeys that can be useful we might not know about? We all know how to copy text and select text using Windows, or hopefully we do. It is an important skill to have. But those keyboard commands to select text in Windows aren't the best way to select very much text. It's not a good way to do it because you're using the keyboard to navigate and you're using the keyboard to highlight and select the text at the same time. Maybe you aren't even sure exactly where this text that you want to select ends and yet you're having to fumble around with the keyboard. Well, all the screen readers now have systems where you can hit a key, you hit a key, you move yourself tranquilly using find or arrowing whatever to the to the end and then you hit another key at which point everything between the two becomes selected so essentially you're putting down two markers and taking your right. time about looking for the text that you want to highlight and then you can highlight it after the fact right no pressure it's just easy it's just you know do it it's it's really great well jaws has these keyboard assignments to do this that make no sense you have to hit um, what is it? Control Windows K to set the mark. And then once you've gotten to your destination, you have to hit uh, JAWS key plus space followed by M to select the text between those two places. Well, I'm capable of memorizing that. I've Obviously, I just demonstrated that, but I don't like it a bit. There has to be a better way. So your alternative suggestion is? Well, my alternative suggestion is to figure out one that works for you. The one that works for me is Alt-Comma to mark and Alt-Period to select. Nothing uses those keystrokes. And they're right next to each other, and they're easy to remember once you sort of decide to use them. So the idea in the book is, I don't care if you use that or not, use whatever works for you as long as it doesn't conflict with some other keystrokes that you use.
So essentially what you've described is a method for changing the keyboard assignments or customizing some keyboard assignments to do functions that you find important and you'd like to do efficiently. Exactly. So you keep talking about how you don't like alt-tabbing for switching from task to task. What's the alternative method that you suggest? I am a big fan of keeping my hands on the home row. JAWS has some some good functions. Uh, It's not my favorite way to do this anymore, but JAWS offers a thing called the JAWS window list or task list, allowing you to bring up this list of what's on your system right now, hitting the first letter of, of something and jumping to it. Well, that's really good. It's the keystroke is insert F10. That's a pain. Uh, if I want, if I really wanted to use that command, I want to put that somewhere near at or near my home row, so I don't have to, you know, be grasping out for you know keystrokes up above the. It's a small thing, and I train people, and I'll mention something particularly about pronunciation. I'll say, you know, we can fix these pronunciations, and they say, I know, I just. You just deal with it. You just let it go. Well, that's the way a lot of people are about the keyboard. And if that's the way you are about the keyboard, then this book might not be interesting to you. You know, but if if you kind of want to maybe change things, then then it may well be for you. Well, I must say the example you gave, we're all used to doing that insert F10 to bring up the task list. But, you know, in some sense, you're just kind of moving your hands wildly around the keyboard to do something you might do very routinely, and why not assign it to something that's a little bit closer at hand, maybe even to overwrite some function that you don't use that often or don't find that useful? Well, exactly. I talk about that, too. There's some functions in there. When's the last time you cared what the default button in a dialog box is as a JAWS user? You know, the JAWS key insert E command to find out, you know, what's the default button in this dialog box? I haven't used it for a long time. There are other examples. I forgot it was even there. Yeah, well, that's right. And let me say, let me say this. The JAWS portion of this book obviously is for JAWS users. The Windows and the Word portions of the book are very usable by JAWS, NVDA, or Narrator users. So this sounds like a very useful book for people who want to optimize their experience with a keyboard and a screen reader. What formats is it available in? All right, so one of the formats is going to be an audio tutorial, an MP3 version with me just demonstrating with the screen reader. And I demonstrate with more than half of the time with JAWS, but in those chapters that aren't specifically JAWS related, I do demonstrate some with NVDA. So that's one format. And the other format, and that format, by the way, that recording isn't professional. It's, I think it's quite listenable, but I may need to invest in some better recording equipment if I'm going to do more of this. The other other thing I'm going to do is a book. It's going to be in Word format, just and pretty concise, because that's kind of how I am, but just kind of listing, just, you know, the information, just what's in what you need. You don't, and so not demonstrating or referring to my computer, uh, like the recording obviously will, but just talking about the steps and listing them off as, you know, making a a book. And so you can buy one of those formats for $15, or you might, I'm hoping, of course, I'd love it. But I don't know. What's this one of the, one of the experiments, one of the things we'll find out is will people want to buy both because they can kind of complement each other and they can kind of help each other out. And that's $25. Yeah. They do sound like they complement each other and are very different ways of accessing the information. One might want to listen to the audio first 
and then use the Word file as a reference document. Right. And yet they're totally independent of each other. You can, ha- you can use either one without the other. So that sounds great. Is there anything we missed that you want to add? I'm really looking forward to feedback. And if people want this kind of thing, what other topics? Uh, I'm thinking about Android. And I'm thinking about browsing the web with JAWS. Those are the two I'm thinking about at the moment. More prominently, there are a few other people producing somewhat low-cost instructional materials, and I probably do not want to produce the same materials they're producing. But, you know, I'll be interested to find out and and sample whether people want this kind of thing uh, or not. So this might be the first of a series, depending on popular demand, so to speak. Popular demand, yeah, and how how it all goes. And so that's what we'll find out. Well, good luck with that. Thank you very much. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about Dean's new book, Windows Keyboard Power User Guide, how to get it, and how to contact Dean about that or anything else. So Dean, if people want to find out more about first top tech tidbits can you tell us how to do that you can sign up for top tech tidbits on the flying blind uh, website which is flying-blind.com and to get a hold of me uh, it's the best thing is to write to me at top dot i you know i'm the top dot in the braille cell so t-o-p-d-o-t top dot at gmail.com And then people can start receiving that newsletter once a week. That's right. I can help you get on that if you have difficulty getting on it from the Flying Blind site. I can interface with you on that. That's going to be one source of knowing about the book. And also, I'm happy to email people. And, you know, so all of these things are possible. Where would people go to find your book? Well, they are going to be going HTTP Tech for blind and that's all spelled out t-e-c-h-f-o-r-b-l-i-n-d dot u-s as we record this don't bother going there now there isn't anything there but by the time the book comes out there'll be some things there and you'll that's how you'll be able to order it through a secure shopping cart and what else will people see on that site at the moment i'm thinking you'll see the ability to order that book and in future ones you may see a blog that discusses that book and there won't be very much else on there to begin with. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it expands. Well, it sounds like this is a work in progress. And uh, very much. wish you good luck on starting this new direction. Thank you very much. Do you have a social media presence? I am on Twitter, but I don't say a lot. I am on Twitter at, at Dean Top Dot, D-E-A-N-T-O-P-D-O-T. I go through bursts of saying things, but mostly I use it as an information source for, you know, news, sports, and technology information. And of course, you can find all that contact information in the show notes for this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net.
That's it for show number 1920. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about W3C and online accessibility. The World Wide Web Consortium, abbreviated W3C, is an international community where member organizations, a full-time staff, and the public work together to develop web standards. We'll talk with Janina Saika, chair of the W3C's Accessible Platform Architect Working Group about the W3C, its mission, and its work on accessibility. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success. Hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.